When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for the latest buzz on pets from around the corner, down the block, and across the world with award-winning journalist, author, speaker, educator, and host, Arden Moore. Arden has twice been named by Oprah Winfrey as one of her top three pet hosts. And just this past year, the Cat Writers Association awarded Arden the coveted President's Award, given exclusively to the best of the best. Arden is driven to live her motto, bringing out the best in pets and their people. So snuggle up with your favorite fur baby because it's time for another episode of Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. Pause up, pet pals. Now you're in for a double treat today. First, we're going to get the inside scoop on what it's really like to be a top professional pet sitter from our pal, Scott Black. And then we're going to talk with one of the most decorated uh, pet authors in the country, and that is Amy Sojai. So first up, he is an MVP in pet sitting. He takes on floods, hurricanes, and other challenges to be there for his clients and their pets. And since 2005, he's always gone that extra mile. I want you all to please give pause and applause to the founder of Personal Touch Pet Sitting based in the Houston area, my pal, Scott Black. Welcome to the show, Scott. Hey, Arden, how are you? I'm doing well, I'm doing well. And I gotta throw this in real quick because it's a big deal. Back in 2010, everyone, he was selected Pet Sitter of the Year by Pet Sitters International. Pet Sitter International, emphasis on international, which means globally, you were the top dude. It seemed like ages ago. <laughs> <laughs> and you're still actually, at it. There's actually, a passion I think there. that's, what, that's when you and I first met. I think so, too. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, who is this dude getting named Pet Sitter of the Year? Oh, he's pretty good. I like him. He's nice. I mean, I, we yeah. want to kind of roll back the tape. You were in New York City in a job. You weren't really happy. Tell us what you did and what made you say, I need to pivot and get into something I really have passion for. Wow. Well, you got three hours? No, I'm kidding. Oh. <laughs> uh, no, the, 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 the Evelyn Wood version basically was we, we were I, I, I was working in Jersey and New York and um, living in Houston in, in 2001. But when I did have to go into New York, I had to take New Jersey Transit to Hoboken, the PATH train into the city. And my train stop was the World Trade Center. Ah. So when the towers went down in, in 2001, it was a little surreal. Um, but I was working for a mortgage company here in the Houston area that unfortunately um, was the reason for the big, uh, you know, banking bust and mortgage bust. But they wanted me to kind of do some things that I wasn't comfortable with about getting people that were in bad loans into worse loans and profit. 
So oh, fortunately, yeah. they're no longer in business, but it just went against who I was. But it was a job I hated. And sadly, it, it brought on a lot of anxiety and anxiety brings on depression and the whole nine yards. So I had to take a little bit of a break. Good, During that time, uh, a dog came into my life. And you know about Ms. Domino, yep. who was the best medicine that there ever was. And Domino and I conquered the world. And uh, because of her, I reached out to a rescue to pay something forward. And through rescue is basically how my business started. I did some uh, pet sitting for the rescue. And at the time, the director saw something in me and said, you know what? You could probably do this for a living. And and you do it uh, well. And I mean, and here you go. So I mean, my 17th year professionally, I kind of did it, you know, as, as I think a lot of people get into the industry just to test the waters. But, you know, when I started, I was insured, I was bonded, I was background checked, did everything I needed you need to do, in my opinion, to be a professional pet sitter. There's a lot of boxes to check off there, um, as you know. Right. Um, so continuing, uh, Scott, you said professional pet sitter, and I really want you to define it because, you know, you shouldn't just have a neighbor kid over. No, you're right. You're right. Um, in my opinion, just as if you were going to have um, a plumber or an electrician good, or, you know, you want to add an addition to your house and you have a general contractor, Correct. Uh, you know, is he insured and bonded and licensed to do business? Are the people he's subbing out to, to do your plumbing and let, you know, in different industries, you know, independent contractors and subcontractors work well together. You know, in, in my industry, you know, a lot of businesses use ICs, some use employees. Well, but, ICs you know, for those folks is independent, are independent contractors. contractors. I'm sorry. I'm That's sorry. Right. Um, but you have to be careful because, you know, you don't you can't control an independent contractor. They're in business for themselves. But, and the other thing I'm thinking of, our home is important. Sure, we may yeah. have a nice car. I really want somebody I trust with my most priceless well, asset. And, and that's you know a pet. And, and I credentials to me are important. You know, I like I said, I'm insured, I'm bonded. I, I, I run a background check on myself every year as the owner of the business, but I'm a one man band. I don't have staff. I do it all. Wow. wow. Uh, and there's I'm not required to have a business license where I operate, but if I did, I would have it. Right. Um, as a member of Pet Sitters International, I'm they're the, the world's largest educational organization for pet sitters and dog walkers. And um, you've also earned a certification from them. What yes, does that mean? Because that's, that's a the, big the thing certified for pet professional sitter. pet sitter. It's all about continuing education. Um, you know, you have so many CEUs continue education credits to get within a period of time to recertify. You know, I, I'm a little bit of an overachiever. Um, <laughs> I would well, say no. that is an understatement, my friend. <laughs> well, but, you know, attending conferences, um, yeah. you know, you get so many CEUs for, for the sessions. Um, I've taken your pet first aid and CPR class where they they recognize that continued education towards recertification. You know, there's all sorts of things you can do. I mean... I'm also a founding member of the Texas Pet Sitters Association, and they have their own conference in different places in Texas yep. um, throughout, you know, annually. So PSI also acknowledges that, 
you know, those sessions. So it's very easy to obtain um, your CEUs, you know, with, within the three-year period. But I think it's very important. I like it. Um, and, you know, it sure beats uh, trying to sell a mortgage to someone who financially can't uh, take it. And, and, you know, the great thing, the great thing about these conferences, you know, I don't want to demean my industry, but, you know, most people can approach a dog and put a leash on, can put food in a bowl, can fill a water bowl and scoop a litter box. Okay. I get it. But do you have the training to identify a change in behavior from a dog that you sat two weeks ago to them not eating or, or there's a change in their behavior. Um, And and I like that because you're the eyes and ears and sounds of any kind of change and you're on the front line. Right. And so I think you are so important to all of us who are lucky to have pets to say, Hey, did you notice that, um, you know, Toby's kind of spilling kibble around the bowl when he eats, maybe he's got something wrong with a tooth. Hey, you know what? We just went through this with one of our own cats that recently passed. Um, we noticed that she was having a hard time getting around. Okay. And it turned out that she lost her sight. And now we do have another <laughs> blind, <laughs> blind animal in the house, but cats and dogs are so different when, when they can't see. It's amazing. Um, I know I kind of got off the beaten path, but no. you know, it took us when, when you see something day in and day out, you don't notice the minor changes. And I'm sure you, as a pet parent, you've, you've seen that with your own pets. Right. Sometimes. But, you know, it, it, it took us a while. But, you know, it, Molly, Molly managed fine for a while. And then, you know, her kidney disease, which I'm sure is what caught, caused the blindness. Um, All right. Well, we're going to dive in more with uh, professional pet sitter Scott Black after we take this break. And he runs uh, the personal touch pet sitting business in Kingwood, Texas, which is near Houston. So you all know the drill. Let's just sit and stay. We'll be right back. You need even more Arden Moore? Don't forget, we post all of our guest interviews plus lots of other goodies to the Arden Moore YouTube channel. Welcome back to the Four-Legged Life Show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. I have been friends with this gentleman, Scott Black, for over a dozen years, and we haven't aged either one of us. Yeah, not much. So I'm thinking of a profession. You're in Houston, and Houston, sometimes we have a problem because Mother Nature is not nice. I mean, tell, tell our listeners and those viewing it on YouTube what are some of the, the nasty weather situations? Because unlike a mail carrier, you know, who says they're going to get through anywhere and get your package, there's pets at home that need to be walked, fed, pottied. So you can't just sit back and say, I'll, I'll wait till tomorrow. No, you can't. Um, well, let's see. Since I've been in business, <laughs> I've dealt with Hurricane Rita, Hurricane Katrina, Ike, Harvey um, with the flooding. Right. Um, then we've also had two minor floods in the area, a tax day and a Memorial Day flood. Oh, then we had the freeze. Yeah. <laughs> thanks to the power grid here in Texas. Yep. And then um, we had a pandemic. 
you know, uh, so I I feel like I'm a cockroach, you know, <laughs> <All these things. laughs> in a very good way. You're a survivor. Yeah, right? like you, you can't kill them, you know, and, and I, I'm a shapeshifter. And, and I think part of being a professional, getting back to professional pet sitting is that when things like this happen, sometimes you have the aha moment go, well, wow, like that was close. Like, how do I make sure this never happens again? So what, what's some advice you can give pet uh, parents and others about um, when disasters, how do we kind of try to prepare for the worst and hope for the best? Just like you or I, I mean, I know you are, you have your go bags ready, I'm sure. Yes. Um, your first aid kit, your go bags, I mean, yeah. you know, but, but people need to be prepared. So have a to-go quickly bag that's for you yes. and one for your pets. But also when you line up with a professional pet sitter like yourself, make sure there's some backup and that you can immediately contact people because people may be on vacation. They may not be able to get to their homes. So hey, this is know, something I mean, you do in the meet and greet, right? Oh, absolutely. And and actually it starts prior to that when I onboard a new client it starts with the phone call okay i i don't use technology um to onboard my clients it's a phone call um i want to talk to them i want them to talk yeah. to me rather than texting you you want to get to a conversation well, the, you know as, as a former writer and how many books oh, Wait a minute, i still am a writer well but a sports writer okay oh but, sports writer but, yeah but, yeah, yeah. But, and you're a wonderful author now, but you know the written word to be misconstrued that yeah. every word that gets put on a page, you got to make sure the average person's going to understand what, what they're reading, right? Yeah. And as a writer, I used to learn that we have the humblest and the healthiest of egos because right. when you write something, it's like you're walking in public with your underwear on. Everyone yes. can take a shot at you. Well, <laughs> and you know, I, I kind of feel that way about texting and email, you know? Yeah. You may be having a, a bad day and, you know, I might, someone Listen. might say, hey, are you available, da, 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 and I might say, look, you know, I know your dogs are flexible. I could probably work them in, but I can't guarantee a specific visit time. So if you get that reply from me, you might say, and if you're having a bad day, you might be like, well, Don't that say was kind of rude. <laughs> yeah, I know you're going to well, say Well, no, I was just being honest. Yeah. I mean, I, I am Mr. Cellophane. I, I don't, I put it all out there. I, <laughs> Wait a minute. No. I have learned two descriptions of yourself on this show. I've never heard you say about yourself. You're Mr. Cellophane and you're a cockroach. I mean, come on. And a shapeshifter. And a oh, shapeshifter. Shape yeah. yeah. There, there we with, go. with each disaster, I, I have to change. Honesty and transparency, it, to me, I think is the success of my business. I like, I'm and, not going to say I can do something and not deliver. You know what I mean? Right. I, and, I know there's a lot of people that, that say, well, you know, I under promise and over deliver. And, you know, sometimes you just can't do that. Well, one thing we've got about two and a half minutes left, and I really want to tell this story because one of the things that I, I love you the most for is you have a special heart for special needs pets. You have Chato. You want to give a shout out to Chato? Chatopotamus? Yeah. Chatopotamus. The adventures of Chatopotamus. Yeah. Who is he? Uh, Tell people. Chato is, is a dog that we adopted years ago that had a really rough start. At a very young age, well, he was a victim of poor breeding, first of all. He, he has a Sharpe Bull Terrier mix, and because wow. of the poor breeding, 
He was born with eye sockets and undeveloped eyeballs, and he's probably about 90% deaf. Um, that might be him, Tippy Pawson in the back. I hear That's that. He's like, right on cue, Dad, right on Oh, my Q. gosh. I'm gonna, I got to try to pick him up. Come here, um, Shadow. And he probably can't hear you. But anyway. No, no, I know. Anyway, so he he, he's, he's definitely hearing impaired. And he was with a girl, a family that that loved him dearly. And then they brought a, an intact larger breed male in. And that dog used him as a chew toy Aww. and literally tore the whole bottom of his muzzle off. And they kind of tossed him to the curb because he was damaged goods now. And fortunately, I have a friend that does special needs rescue. And most of the dogs are Danes or Dalmatians with double merle or visually or hearing impaired. And she took him in and then he um, she brought him out to a rescue event. And I spent the entire day with him and just fell in love with this dog. Well, he's and, a Chato's a lucky dog. We got about 30 seconds left. So grab him. Bring Chato. Hang on. Hang on. I'm, I'm, I need to get some assistance here. All but right. Hang on. Hale's going to help you while you're yes, doing yes. that. We're airing this on December 31st. What's a good resolution you want to shout out to pets and their people? I think people need to pay attention to. You got to lift up 90 pounds of Chato. Chato, I know he can't hear me, but I'm sending love. Chato. Um, Chato looks like Stevie Wonder right now. There he is. There's my boy. Uh, boy. I love Chato. Um, uh, people need to read the labels on their dog food bags about how much they feed. I see a lot of overweight pets. Pet parents need to make resolutions to feed their dogs properly and limit their treats. Treats are good. I mean, I know dogs know when you break one in half, but you know, you can still give them one treat and break it up into multiple, but just to be responsible. And if they are going to use a pet sitter, Yes. That they do their homework and use a professional. I appreciate that. And for anybody hey. looking for a, a pet sitter, I believe NAPS is petsitters.org. Right. And, and PSI is? PSI is petsit.com. They both have locators and they would have, um, you know, a listing for each member business. That. Yeah, they're both uh, very reputable organizations. Yes. You belonged on PSI. It is PetSit.com. And mm-hmm. your site is PetSit.com slash P-T-P-S, which stands for Personal Touch Pet Sitting. Exactly. And the other one is PetSitters.org for the National Association of Professional Pet Sitters. Right. So, my friend, I wish you a safe holiday. I love you for all you do. And thank you for being a pet's best friend. Thank you, Scott Bye. Black. Thank you, Arden. Back at you, my friend. All right. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk with probably the person who has the strongest typing fingers. And that is renowned, talented author, Amy Sojai. So sit, stay. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life Show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Now it is time to meet pet author extraordinaire, 
and she is Amy Sojai. She has very, very, very strong typing fingers. She has written, um, I'm trying to keep up, I think like over 35 books. They're fiction, nonfiction, pet care. They got thrillers with a bite. But she doesn't just sit behind a keyboard all day. She's also a certified animal behavior consultant. And she is a playwright. She's a performer. Ah, she gets a lot in a day. And she shares her home in North Texas with a pair of furry muses, a dog named Shadow Pup, and a real cool cat named Karma Cat. Please welcome again to our show, the multi-talented Amy Sojai. I'm so glad you're here, Amy. Oh, I'm glad to be here too, Arden. Thanks for inviting me. <laughs> oh my gosh. We're both in Texas and we had a summer of 67 <laughs> days of 100 plus degrees. All my plants just shriveled up and died. Yeah. And then all of a sudden fall hits <laughs> and we're back to freeze. <laughs> yes. And I'm fighting a cold. So that's Excuse right. And she's a trooper for being here. So um, bless you. Bless you. So the weather has been rough and that's probably where you got your cold. All of the viruses you can get. <laughs> They're all here. Okay. <laughs> it's like we're having a party. <laughs> well, I, I want to kind of dive in because you've got a couple of key websites we're going to be talking about during the show. But you are like a multi-talented personality. And I say that with all kindness. You're not, you're not, you know, you, you, you do a lot. I mean, are you working all parts of your brain? <laughs> Pretty much. I'm thinking you are. Pretty much. Yeah. And it's and it's interesting you, you mentioned that because, uh, as you said, I do both I've done nonfiction for years and years and years. I almost don't have to think about that anymore. Um, and then the fiction uses a whole different part of your brain or it does mine anyway. So I like to say that uh, when I'm writing nonfiction, it's a lot of tell. I mean, tell. You're, telling, you're telling what's going on. You're explaining, you know, all of this. And with fiction, they always say, show, don't tell. All right. So it's kind of a different kind of a situation. And with nonfiction, and, and you can relate to this. One time I was doing three different nonfiction books at the same time. Oh, so wow. Yeah. Phone calls are coming back. You know, I'm doing interviews with different people. I answer the phone. Okay, who did I call? Which book did I call you about? Oh, yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But with the non with the fiction, I can't do anything except that. I have to shut off the internet. Really? I can't have music on because I'll sing along. I have to concentrate <laughs> on the story and just become, make that a part of my world. So it's a very different kind of a, of a process for me anyway. Well, I want to give a couple, uh, let's do a couple examples. You have written a lot of pet centric thrillers and uh, like lost and found show and tell fight or flight flight, win or lose, hit and run. Do you guys get the pattern? So, <laughs> I mean, it stars a, a dog named Shadow. Right, so, right. Can you tell us a little bit about these books and what was the inspiration? And I love that you, you're kind of like a Sue Grafton. She did all the books, A is for whatever, <laughs> Z is for whatever, but you're doing that three words with an, you know, the and in the middle. So that's kind of a, that's kind of a neat technique, right? For, uh, uh, fiction writers well right and and if you notice those those titles also are active active verbs and okay. so it is it is a show it's not a tell it's um you, you know uh hide and seek i mean yep. that's you're going to do something 
Um, and so, yeah, it's it's something that I started with um, the lost and found. And that really the the reason I started doing that was because, um, as I say, my, my career went kerflui. That's a technical term. Kerflui. That's kerflui. It's never been spoken on Four Legged Life show. <laughs> kerflui. Um <laughs> Because, uh, you know, nonfiction, there was a there was a time when nonfiction books sold very, very well. And I had an agent. We did very well together. And then suddenly the Internet came about and you could Dr. Google could answer any question you had. And who was going to buy a nonfiction book when they could for free go to Dr. Google? Never mind that he's a quack. And never mind. The information is whack. (laughs) It's whack. Exactly. And so during during this period of time, I'd always wanted to write fiction anyway. And my agent wasn't having uh, any good luck with the nonfiction proposals. And I said, well, you know, I'm not doing uh, that anymore. So maybe now's a good time to to try uh, my hand at fiction. And uh, so I ended up I, I wrote the book that I'd always wanted to read. And I think that's I like what that. That's a really yeah. good tip. OK, I think that's that is what happens with a lot of uh, first time fiction writers is we we write the book of our soul, the one that uh, really touches us. And I'd always wanted to have an animal viewpoint character. Okay. And for years and years, agents and editors had said, no, 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 that's that's a kid's book. Only kids books have that. Wow. In it. And I thought, you know, but that's not what I, I don't want to write for kids. And so I started out with a character who was very damaged and she trained dogs and she had a nephew who was autistic. Okay. And she was training this young dog to be a service animal for her autistic nephew. So the beginning of the book is the child goes missing with his dog in a freak blizzard in North Texas. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) Which happens, everybody. It happens. Right. It does. Right before Thanksgiving. So, and we're, we are recording this right before Thanksgiving with, you know, snow in the forecast. (laughs) So, uh, and I didn't have a clue anyway, how to do an an, an autistic child's viewpoint. So whenever there was a scene with the child and the dog, I put it in shadows viewpoint and he doesn't talk, but he, he acts and reacts as I imagine a dog would. And so, okay. for instance, they they catch a ride on a on a um, little uh, little bus, and he he he's thinking all these things. He doesn't talk, but he's thinking, "What? Well, why is that man staring at me? He doesn't look away the way a polite dog would." Gotcha. See, so try to bring in some of the animal behavior stuff. Uh, but without preaching, without banging over the head and just kind of uh, showing how animals act and react to people and how our interaction can affect them and vice versa. And it was it was a revelation to me because my readers fell in love with Shadow. Those are the most fun chapters to write. And down the road, then I've also added cat viewpoint, which is a little bit different, too. So that's that's a lot of fun. (laughs) Well, it sounds like what you've done is taken your skills as a certified animal behavior consultant with your nonfiction writings and magazines and books, getting a chance to peek into the brains of leading veterinarians and behaviorists. And so it sounds like even in fiction, you need facts and you need something yes. that is relatable, right? Right. And and my, my fiction... Um, 
I always put in the back of the book uh, a section called, you know, every a lot of a lot of uh, authors will put in an afterward. Okay. And I put in I put in a section that I call fact or fiction, and then I go through a list of things that happened in the book, and I say, was this fact or fiction? Well, this was fact, you know. And I talked um, the second book, um, Hide and Seek, deals with the the horrible situation of dogfights. Nothing happens on stage. I don't want you know people yeah. to know that. I I do not do that, um, but it does deal with that. And so fact or fiction, yes, uh, dog fights happen. And here's background information you can find. Um, or my, uh, I had a situation where the main character has a Maine Coon cat that develops uh, hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. And so I get to focus on that and give a shout out to Win Feline Foundation, which now is Every Cat. Yeah, Foundation. it's called the Every Cat Foundation. Yeah. Right. So, so it is that's fact. But then there's other places where I'll say, OK, and this and this happened. And I said, that's made up. I got to make that up. That's, <laughs> that's a lot of fun. So, hey, everyone, we're speaking with Amy Sojai. She is a multi-talented, award-winning author, both of fiction and nonfiction. She also performs. She also is an animal behavior consultant. I think she sleeps once in a while. But we're going to dive into some of her nonfiction and what she does on stage when we take this break. So sit, stay. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back. Oh, come on. We weren't gone that long, were we? This is Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. Welcome back. We're speaking with Amy Sojai, a multi-talented author. We talked a little bit about how she crafts a fiction book, but she got her start doing nonfiction in the world of pets. And I got to tell you guys, she has, do you even know how many nonfiction <laughs> books you've written? Because after uh, a while, it kind of yeah, like some, some chips. are around. Yeah, and yeah, they are potato chips, and some of some of them are. You know, um, I tell people I plagiarize myself endlessly. You know, once you've got that, <laughs> you've got that database. I mean, I pull. You know, because it's not just that, but I write. I write a newspaper column for the local paper. I've done that for probably 15, 20 years. I do a blog. I do. So a lot of this stuff gets recycled too. Well, and that's smart big, though. Yeah. But, and, and it's great because I, I be, I'm able to uh, call on the best minds in veterinary medicine and behavior throughout the world. I've, I've had uh, the great honor to interview some of the best in the field Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's that's really a blessing for me. You know, I. Yeah, they I become your friends, enough. right? They do. they do. You know, my my husband wanted to, uh, when we first got married, wanted to send me to vet school. Wow. And um, and, you know, that that was a dream that I had early on. And then after working with veterinarians for years and years, I discovered I don't want the responsibility. <laughs> I really don't. Yeah. You know, it's all it's all fun and games when you get to save a pet's life. Not so much the other end of it. Yeah, that's true. Oh, so, yeah. Let's run down some <laughs> titles because I want people to find out and get some of your books. So you've got like complete kitten care, aging mm-hmm. cat, dog facts, compatibility. I mean, the list goes on and on. I love that you write about both dogs and cats and your home has got dogs and cats and they're different, totally different species. 
Right, right. Actually, the um, the complete kitten care is probably one of my best sellers. Really? Actually, it was originally it was supposed to be kittens for dummies. Okay, okay. this is going to be inside information that a Ooh, lot of people are getting the scoop. Know. Everybody, you're going to get the scoop. Kittens for dummies. I was contracted to write that book, finish the book, turn the book in, and editor accepted the manuscript. Then about two weeks later, got a phone call saying, company has been sold. We're canceling your book. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, that's okay. Because the contract says, once you accept the, the manuscript, you still get to pay me. And I get my rights back. So I got paid. I got the rights back. I turned around and submitted with, this was with my, when I was with my agent, New American Library. They published the book and it, it did great. We were, we were on tour at that time and it did great. And then they let the book go out of print. I said, that's okay. I want the rights back. I got the rights back. <laughs> um, Complete Kitten Care was the first book that I self-published as wow. uh, an author in Kindle. And since that time, it has been revised multiple times. It's now, it's in Kindle, on Kobo, on, you know, Every platform, hardcover, uh, print, whatever you want, even audiobook. And it's it's a bestseller, especially around Christmas time when people are thinking like about that. getting new kitty cats. So well, here's, here's some lessons. Here's yeah, some but, lessons that I, I picked up from what you're saying. First of all, get a friggin' contract. <laughs> <laughs> Second, protect your rights. This is important because as writers, we also need to be able to be good business people, right? right. And right. you do need to have contracts and you do need to know what your rights are. And I know you were president of the Cat Writers Association. You helped found that association. Yeah. And now we have members all over the globe. So I salute you for that. So this is kind of cool. We've got about five minutes left because I really want to get the third part of you, mm-hmm. Amy Sojai, that people need to know. And that is that you actually wrote, co-wrote, I think it was with Frank Steele, Mm -hmm. a musical. You want to tell us about that? Yes. uh, Frank and I have um, written uh, five shows together. Wow. Uh, The one you're talking about uh, that was really close to both of our hearts, because he's an animal lover too, it's called Strays, the musical. And so we decided we were going to put together all of the reasons why pets lose their homes. And then turn it on its ear to make sure that at the end of the show, they all get homes. Oh, and good. So it, it starts out that way. You have the pariah cat. You have the <laughs> dog that, that was kicked out of his house because, you know, of whatever. You have the cat that was uh, going outside the litter box. The You know, all of these different things. And the cute puppy and kitten that are always going to get adopted because they're cute. You know, and then at the end, everybody gets adopted. And so it it premiered here in um, uh, theatrics, uh, Sherman Community Players Theatrics. It's a She's children's in Sherman, Texas. Yeah. Right. Because um, this goes and, global. <laughs> and it was it was um, a benefit for them. And so they they uh, kept the gate on that. Since then, it has been produced in middle schools and high schools and, you know, all over. And it is available for licensing. And what's fun is you don't use any special costumes. People good. have the actors have to be good enough that you know that Arden is playing a bulldog and Amy's playing a Siamese cat. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I got it. Hey, that was my high school mascot. 
Crown Point ah. High School Bulldogs. All right. <laughs> well, I, I love that, but you wrote it, but you also composed it. Now, I, I was humbly a glockenspielist in high school. I, I didn't oh, think that's, there was. That's a tough, that's a tough instrument. I, I don't think there's a big uh, future for me. So you have a musical background too. Right. Yeah. I had a double major in um, music and theater. Wow. Basically. Which is why I'm I'm writing books. I mean, all of these make huge amounts of money. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You are yeah, enriched, not rich. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the create. I think the creator's brain goes in all these different directions. So you know, when I could not perform right after we were married, and I was in a place where I couldn't perform anymore, I needed a creative outlet. So I started writing. So it's, I call myself the accidental writer. And that's you'll you'll see that on my website at shajai.com. Yeah, of. let's spell that out because you don't have a name like Smith. No, I don't. But I do answer to hey, you. Um, <laughs> so that's S as in Sam, H-O-J-A-I.com. And from there, you can get to the blog and all the books and everything. I like that you call yourself the accidental writer. But you're also the talented writer, the formidable, the keep going. You're like a Duracell bunny. And I say that in a compliment way because you have gone through good highs and lows. Mm. Any advice? We've got about a minute and a half left. Some tips you can give others who inspire to, to write or inspire to get in the field of pet and be able to give good information? Yeah, find a mentor. Uh, I had I had some marvelous mentors along the way, uh, Mordecai Siegel being one of them. The other thing is, don't give up. I have had to, as you mentioned, I've had some, uh, I quit writing for a while. I taught high school choir for a while and discovered quite soon that I was meant to be a writer and not a teacher. <laughs> okay. um, I have had to reinvent myself time after time. When when my career went kerflui, I kerflui, went to choir. she said it twice kerflui now. again. And then... <laughs> You know, after I, I left teaching within a week and a half, I got a book contract. Everything goes in cycles. And so if you can wait it out, the people that are successful are the ones that don't quit. Simple enough. So we're getting ready to turn into 2023. What's a good <laughs> resolution you want people to think about? Ah, find your joy. I mean, that's it's got to be that you have to. I have the best job in the world. I get to play with puppy dogs and kitty cats and write about them. It is it is a joy. People ask me, well, when are you going to retire? Why would I want to retire? I'm doing what I love. <laughs> I'm doing what I love. And I want everyone, please check out her books, check out her blogs, check out her articles and leading publications, sojai.com, S-H-O-J-A-I.com. Did I do that right, Coach? Oh, perfect, perfect. <laughs> Hey, uh, I don't know where the time went, but that is our show for today. I want to give a pause up to our very special guest, of course, author Amy Sojai and professional pet sitter Scott Black. Um, I want to shout out to our wonderful sponsor, Tevra. They make great pet products. In fact, you can score a 20% discount, tevrapet.com. It's T-E-V-R-A pet.com, Arden20. That's Arden20 at checkout, and you will score ka-ching 20% off your purchase. And I want to thank all of you pet pals for listening, tuning in. You can watch us on, uh, see us on YouTube. And you radio stations, coast to coast, we keep growing each and every week, and we thank you for that. So um, if you want to learn more about me, fourleggedlife.com. 
So thank you all. And until next time, this is Arden Moore saying to all you two, three, and four Lakers out there, pause up. Thanks for listening to this episode of Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. For more information about the host, to listen to past programs, and watch full-length video versions of our guest interviews, our website is fourleggedlife.com. That's fourleggedlife.com. And have a pawsome week.